trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Abby Sigmund And Donnie Murray With the Citizens Climate Lobby Abby Sigmund is the Citizens Climate Lobby Columbus Chapter co-liaison to Congresswoman Joyce Beatty's office. A proud native Ohioan, she has recently moved back to Ohio after living in Oregon, California, Pennsylvania, and China, but hopes to make Columbus her forever home. While living this rootless lifestyle, she has volunteered and worked for Save the Bay, Sierra Club, the Institute for Natural Resources, and various colleges and universities as an educator. In her spare time, she is a music and soccer enthusiast. Donnie Murray has been a longtime advocate for the environment and has served in volunteer roles for Green Columbus and the Sierra Club. He also helped lead the successful effort to save the crew. Over the past two years, he's co-led the Columbus chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby. And during the nine to five hours, he works nationwide insurance as an internal auditor. He lives in Marion Village with his wife and son. As an environmental activist, I know that there are many fronts to our fight for sustainability and just as many tactics. I'm looking forward to learning what your group's objectives and tactics are. According to your website, citizensclimatelobby.org, Citizens Climate Lobby is a nonprofit, nonpartisan, grassroots advocacy organization focused on national policies to address climate change. And then I went into your core values. Let's start with the top, with your focus. What are you focused on and why is it so important to have such a specific focus? Let's start with you, Donnie. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think for a lot of people out there, you think of climate change, it's this huge problem we need to solve. And there's so many different options out there, so many different ways to get involved. Our group is really focused on federal action around a carbon fee and dividend piece of legislation. That hyper-focus and having that one thing we're looking at all the time is really what makes our organization effective. We've got that clear laser goal that everyone's looking at and trying to achieve. And I think that's a lot easier to bring on new members and really empower people to take action. Give me the specific issue and let's talk about that carbon. Mm, It's kind of (laughs) difficult for people to understand. So Abby, make it really clear what that focus is. So, so the focus is on House Resolution 763, also known as the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. And so it's, a, it's you know, we can go into all of the weeds of it, but um, you'll hear a lot about carbon pricing right now. It's, it's, it's a pretty hot button topic. It's, it's the solution that has been brought forward by a lot of people. Mitt Romney um, most recently has, has thrown his support behind it, John Kerry as well. And so the, the idea behind this bill is that we will tax at the source of the extraction sites uh, of, these, of these different energies. And then that money goes into a, a giant pile and then gets divided out into American individuals. Um, Adults get one share, children get a half a share, 
And um, when when we first started this this fight with this bill, that part of it, the dividend part, was somewhat difficult to grasp for some people. That you know, is is the the United States government going to send me a check for something? And and it turns out, you know, through the pandemic payments, that this is actually something that is doable and and has been done and is going to be done yet again in our bank accounts. And so that money will then go towards us. And often whenever um, taxes are applied to different energy sources, that's where the energy innovation part of this bill comes in. The hope is then that these um, companies that are extracting natural resources will say, well, you know, I don't really want to be taxed at such a high rate anymore. Maybe I should invest my money and my innovation techniques and, and all of that into um, greener sources of energy. Do you really think that that will be the case? Or do you think the people getting some kind of money back from this might be encouraging them to keep going if they're going to be getting money back? I think it can certainly look that way. But when you look at where the taxes are being applied, I think if I'm a big energy company, I don't want that. I don't want to have to pay any sort of, of money to extract energy. Um, you know, the American people might really like this bill and want it to succeed and all of that. But at the end of, end of the day, we're fighting against climate change. And that's what we should be focusing on. The extra money in our pockets will be great, but what is extra money in your pocket when, you know, the, the forests are on fire in California and heat keeps rising and, you know, on and on and on and on. So according to the Citizen Climate Lobby, you believe that these taxes will be a disincentive to corporations because they'll be putting out money, quite a bit of money, to, yes. to not their um, stockholders or their CEOs, but to the American people. Sure, yes. Okay, awesome. And um, let's go on to the next core value, which is optimism. We believe that people are good and that democracy works. And we are confident that our approach will work because we see progress. Now that's very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> can you okay, see why we like, can you see why we like this organization? <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I think it sounds very diplomatic. And I think, like I said, I think there are many fronts to yeah. our, our um, ultimate objective, which is to make sure that we stem climate change so let's talk about this, um, this optimism. Donnie. Yeah, the optimism is part of the reason I joined the group. Gloom and doom environmentalism does not attract new followers. That's a fact. That's what I've seen over my years. But you also aren't whitewashing the problems. You aren't covering them up. We're optimistic that bold action can be taken. We've seen that before in this country. Uh, we will see it again. And that's what CCL is all about. If you're not optimistic and you're not working towards those goals, you're not gonna move anywhere. Uh, you're not gonna convince new people to join. And that's what I, I find energizing about our movement. And ideally too, like we mentioned, there's a lot of different fronts. There's a lot of, there's a large ecosystem of environmental advocacy. Everybody is playing their part. And what we're 
focused on and why we're so optimistic is finding that bipartisan solution that's going to last a long time is really important. That's important with any issue, but especially with climate change. We can't solve this tomorrow, but by being optimistic, working across party lines and truly believing that America can do hard things like we've done in the past to make the world a better place, that's going to get us a long lasting climate solution. That's really going to take a big bite out of the problem. I hear you. How about you, Abby, about that? Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to be a pessimist this day and age. I think I think the news and everything that we see is very doom and gloom. And I can be one of the first people in our meetings to kind of think about the negative things and, and really get bogged down by that. But what I love about this organization is from the top down, Optimism is, as you say, a core value, but it's it's seen as sort of a rallying call for all of us that we can actually make a change in the world. And isn't that one of the coolest things that you can think of? That you, an individual, alongside other individuals that share your values, can make a real lasting change. And that's what keeps me going, is knowing that arm in arm with other people something great is going to happen. Well, I know Sheila Fox and, um, and I admire her so much. And she's been involved in this, um, the citizens climate lobby for a while. And, um, and I, and I know that, you know, like if you look at the uh, um, civil rights, you know, all the efforts of change, it took the um, Reverend Martin Luther King's, but it also took the Malcolm X's. It takes, all different kinds of of um, leadership and styles, and so I'm sure there's a lot of people that are drawn to the optimism. I'm more of the hard edge, you know, push the envelope and go, you know, not you know, knocking on the doors. But that's okay. That's one way. That's why I celebrate your way. It's because it is. Um, let's move on to that area because um, the relationships. Um, let's talk about that core value of um, of your group. You take the most generous approach to other people as possible. Appreciation, gratitude, and respect. I mean, that's nice. Everyone needs that. That's empowering. Let's hear about um, from you, Abby. How? Do, what does that bring for you? Sure. So as, as the liaison to Joyce Beatty's office, um, I've had to work in finding common ground with her, I, I can be very honest that I am very left-leaning, much more left-leaning than, than Joyce Beatty's office is. And um, to find common ground with her office and know that building a relationship with them is the most important thing right now, to check in with them after the insurrection, to you know send my thank you whenever she does, she does co-sponsor a piece of legislation that I am happy with to maybe then also critique her to a certain degree because we have built that relationship is is so important. And, and we think so much about the relationship with ourselves to the other person. But what I have found so empowering is that now her office can recognize me and recognizes me, I don't wanna say as an expert because I, I'm hardly that, but can, can recognize me as sort of a, a face and a constituent that is very invested in what is happening in the third district. And so that that's a relationship that I've grown over the past year or two now. 
and something that that is very important to me. You know, you think of your relationships with your family or your friends or your siblings. You're not going to to come to agreements on everything, but you find the thing that holds you together and that's what you build on and that's what you keep growing on. And so, you know, Donnie is is the liaison to Steve Stivers district and so I know that he has has similar experiences with finding that common ground with his office as well. Yeah, how are you finding common ground with his office? Yeah, honestly, it's all about the people. Oftentimes, people are really engaged in climate change and climate action. We know the stats. We know what needs to be done. Telling those stats to other people aren't always going to drive action. We're not all robotic, rational thinkers in the world. You can make an argument if that would make the world a better or worse place, but at the end of the day, when you're talking to the staffers and the members of Congress, obviously you have to be sound in your facts, but more importantly, they have to trust you and you need to be that trusted messenger to them. And to do that, you really have to build that relationship. We've had a long relationship with the now chief of staff of Representative Stiver's office and having his ear is invaluable. He makes a lot of things happen. Like most congressional offices, uh, the member of Congress is not always the decision point or the ultimate decision point, but they're not the ones always bringing these ideas up. So the more relationships we have with their office and having that long-term relationship, I get candid feedback that I wouldn't get if I had just walked in there for the first time. I get hints and helps and sometimes off the record comments uh, that show where they're headed, but maybe not where the office is today. And those are the invaluable things that you get out of having that strong relationship. This is Carolyn Harding and I'm with Grassroot Ohio. And today I'm talking with Donnie Murray and Abby Sigmund. They're with Citizens Climate Lobby here in Ohio. Um, we're talking about the core values of this um, volunteer group, but it's national, it's quite organized. Um, one of the next um, values is integrity. We're prepared to do our research. We are on time for our meetings. We use, we consult experts and use data. We keep on. But I wanna just go back to what you were just talking about relationships because as someone who wasn't really woke uh, 10 years ago, um, I got introduced to environmentalism by a group that's not very um, progressive, but it's very valuable. And so everybody, can hear at a certain place and learn at a certain place. So there is that place to be in alliance with folks who have different policies than ours. And um, I really value what you are doing because we need those bridges. I think we need, we need all kinds of bridges. And um, so let's step on into the integrity and the data and being on time. I really like that. <laughs> and today my internet was screwed up and I was not on time, so I get it. All right, Donnie, let's start with you. Or actually, Abby, let's start with you on this one. I think it's it's really important um, when you are talking to someone and you're trying to maybe change their mind or even just solicit an opinion from them to talk to them with facts that you both respect, to talk, to bring forth information that is bipartisan, that is peer reviewed, that is factual. And so that is something that, that is invaluable in a lot of these meetings, especially when you're trying to build the relationships that we just talked about. 
Um, you know, you don't you don't want to bring anything skewed from one news source or the other. We get our information from like Yale climate studies, Ramey reports, things like that. Um, I bring that into to meetings with staffers and say, you know, this this is actual data. The, this is what Joyce Beatty's constituents think and feel and want. And that's something that I think when you're when you're building relationships and you're trying to, I don't want to use the word coerce, but you're trying to just get someone to see where you're coming from, it that resource is so invaluable. You don't want to build a foundation of a relationship on anything that can be cracked. And so it's it's really important for me and for all of us at CCL to have strong facts, strong opinions, and, and come from that place of truth. How about you, Donnie? Yeah, integrity is a table stake for me personally in any sort of relationship. And I think it's especially important on this issue that often drives a lot of emotion and a lot of arguments that are in good faith, but maybe aren't completely backed by the science, uh, kind of get back to that gloom and doom environmentalism. As an organization, we really try to have the integrity to give those facts straight because that's how you build that trust. And by having the integrity of showing up on time to meetings, respecting the member of Congress, even if you disagree with them on 95% of their policy platform, we're trying to agree on that 5% related to climate change. That is something that takes a lot of integrity. It takes a lot of stoic smiling at times when you may not completely mean it, but having the integrity to give them the message, give them the facts, and ultimately at the end of the day, uh, respect the office. You know, democracy is a messy process but it's the, the best answer we have right now. And when I walk through the halls of Congress and meet with our members of Congress during our lobby days, you know, it, it's pretty impressive to be there and realize that we are a democracy. I'm trying to respect my representative, even if I don't agree with them. That's integrity to me. Well, another value is personal power. We use our voices to be heard and we are volunteer driven. You're a big organization. I mean, you have chapters all over the nation. Um, tell us how you are volunteer driven. Donnie. Yeah, that's a really good question. The number one word I always use for new members is empowered. Anybody in the organization has the power to run with ideas to make things happen. And that's what really makes us grassroots. I may have a member who shows up to a, a, our monthly meeting and two days later, they're running with some great idea that we never thought of before, or they're really getting involved. We have people who just get our monthly email update and maybe do one or two actions every once in a while. Everybody's empowered to do what makes them feel good and what is going to make change, which is any action at all. Mm -hmm. That's how we're, we're really volunteer driven. We also have a small national organization group that helps put out tremendous resources to support the grassroots arm. I walked into this chapter not knowing anything about meeting with a member of Congress, what to say, and I've been provided tremendous support as a volunteer on what to do with it. So in my mind, we really achieve that finite balance between being organized enough where you're not just running around with chickens like your head cut off, but you're also spread out enough and everyone's empowered enough to make true change happen. 
I came to CCL Columbus um, and Donnie was the, the co-leader alongside our beloved Sheila Fox. Um, and I, I remember going to my first meeting and I had all of these ideas. I had just been living in the Bay area and I was like, we're going to, we're going to make some real changes. And I remember bringing up a few of my ideas and Donnie just looking at me and saying, yeah, go ahead. And me thinking, oh gosh, like I've, I've really got to think about, you know, if I'm going to bring up an idea, then I've got to see it through. And, and I think that is really empowering. I think, you know, you have an idea, then then do it. And and there are resources out there. There are other people in the chapter that are going to help you. We have great resources within our chapter. And then like Donnie said, we have great national resources as well. Um, I felt empowered to become a liaison to, to Joyce Beatty's office. I'm less empowered to do maybe some of the social media things, but there are people that are, you know, have graphic design backgrounds or communications backgrounds that that then do that. And I don't have to worry about that side of things. And so we all kind of find our, our special spot and feel very empowered to think of an idea and then see it through. That's a good feeling. If you're going to be volunteering your hours, it's really good to be feeling empowered and affirmed for your yes. skills. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one that is um, really uh, a challenge, which would be nonpartisan. Your group is nonpartisan and that's a challenge. It's sort of like a John Kerry when he brought John Kasich to uh, Westerville to talk about climate change or his climate change action. And I'm like, I know all his work about fracking. So <laughs> that was hard for me to put that together. But John Kerry is a diplomat and he could find the common ground. So let's hear your, your you know, pitch for nonpartisan climate action. <laughs> Abby. Sure, so, so I think one of the, the main um, sort of quotes that, that is always thrown around is we want to make climate change a bridge issue, not a wedge issue. And I think that that for me, coming from my background is something that I'm used to the adversity. I'm used to not trusting the other side and to being angry about it. But what would it look like if we all agreed on it? And how, how do we find that common thread? And how do I convince someone or talk to someone who we don't agree on a lot of things to agree on this one thing? And so I think, um, I think that that is, while it, it can be sort of scary and... Um, irritating and frustrating sometimes it can also be very empowering and I know myself I've grown in this in this organization it's something that uh, I've had to take a step back and and look at what am I bringing to the table that is is making this conversation harder and what do I need to look at if I want to have a more productive conversation with someone um now, do I agree that I need to do that with everything in my life? Probably not. But this is an organization that, you know, I feel very passionately about. And so I, I try and really bring that to the table in those situations. Awesome. How about you, Donnie? Yeah, this is something that as an organization and me personally, I've obviously been struggling with over the past couple of months, just due to the polarization in this country. And what I've grown comfortable with is bipartisanship is not letting one side meet in their middle. It's really doing the best ideas from both sides. 
And I use our bill as an example, the idea of a carbon fee supported by every economist out there. It is free market solution. It's very much on the conservative side, where at the same time, we also provide that revenue back to Americans in that monthly check. That's making sure that we're taking care of low and middle income families in the transition to a zero carbon future. That is a progressive idea. That's something else that needs to happen. And I think just the, even in the name there, you see that bipartisanship. If somebody on the other side of the aisle doesn't think climate change is real, you're not going to meet them halfway and say, well, you know, if you just think climate change is slightly happening, we can like plant a couple trees and be done with it. It's really saying, here's the middle ground that we're trying to achieve. This solution has the best of the ideas from a conservative standpoint and from a progressive standpoint. It is bipartisan in that nature. How far along is this bill and how, where are we at with it? Yeah. Um, so the last Congress had, I think we're up to 86 co-sponsors yeah. when the session ended. And we're currently waiting for it to be reintroduced by Representative Deutsch. Um, that's as far as we've gotten with it right now. As a lot of people may be aware, there's a lot of chatter in Congress on what sort of climate solutions are going to come out this year. And we're waiting for the either the Energy Innovation Act to be introduced as it was in the last session or for a slightly different bill to be reintroduced. Our main goal is to have something that puts a price on carbon, puts a price on that pollution. That's an effective mechanism to reduce carbon emissions, while at the same time making sure that low and middle income families in America are taken care of. If those two lines are met, CCL is going to support what that bill looks like. So let's give folks um, a website for all the diplomatic environmentalists to contact because there's a lot of people that want to get involved and that do not like the conflict. And this is something they can do with their skill sets and get started with. What's your, um, how can they contact you? Yeah, so they could email us or the best thing to do is to join our chapter. If you go to citizensclimatelobby.org, you can find that Columbus chapter on there. Sign up. You can be as empowered and do as little or as much as you want. But once you're a member of our chapter, you're going to get updates on what we're working on, what action you can take, and really be exposed to the group and all the great people, which that's part of the reason we all do this work. And why I stay at it is we have great people in the chapter who are willing to help you, willing to make change happen. And honestly, at the end of the day, we, we support each other even outside of this work. It's a, it's a little community that really makes the work easy and fun at times, even if it's hard and diligent work that we're, we're making happen. I have one more question and I'd like you, Abby, to take, a, take it on actually your last value, which is diversity. Talk about the diversity of your group and we have one minute. Oh gosh, what a, what a huge topic to, to tackle in one minute. The diversity of our group, I think, you know, obviously with with what has happened in the past year with the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, last summer being such a powder keg of emotion, it's something that we've really taken some time to reflect on. It is a value of ours. We talk a lot about environmental justice movement alongside the Black Lives Matter movement and how you cannot truly have environmental justice without racial justice. 
Um, that is a core value of mine. That is a core value of CCL, CCL Columbus, and something that we truly hold on to, believe. And um, like we said, we, we empower one another to feel strong enough to, to come into these meetings and, and feel like your voice is being heard. And so no voice is, is stronger than any others. I think I'd like to come join your group just as group therapy. <laughs> come on. Hey, thanks free so of much. charge. Thank you, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having awesome. us. Yeah, thank you for your time. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. I'm down.